Well, welcome again. And I just wanted to really thank people that are kind of working behind the scenes. You know, we've been doing this live stream for more than a year now. So I just really wanted to appreciate again just the live stream team and those that are behind the scenes doing all the tech stuff and the camera and even all the behind the scenes stuff that we don't see like uh, doing all the social media and making all those things available. I, I pray that we'd be able to just really appreciate those people, but then also utilize those things as well. So if you're watching online, uh, great being able to do that. But then also if you wanted to reach out to other people, I know it's kind of strange to do that during this time, during the pandemic time where not a lot of people are meeting in person, but it shouldn't stop us from being able to reach out. So take the link and, and share it and share it with different your friends or your family that they might get blessed through the message. and. Um, I'm actually going to share a link to my uh, personal YouTube channel where I download all of the messages here. So in addition to the audio one, you could have a, a video version as well. So we'll send that out during the cacao chat too. Uh, so we're going to continue with our series. And we've been going through this series called The Resurrected Life, where we've been looking at the idea of how do we live the resurrected life. And it's based on John 11:25. Where Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. So we've been talking about, when we were thinking about living the resurrected life, we were wanting to know, how do we live Jesus' life? Because he says, I am the resurrection. And so uh, we mentioned this verse last time, but we'll look at it today. And we'll look at our blueprint of what I think is the kind of plan or the blueprint for us and how to do that. Okay, And this is Jesus describing how he lived his life. Okay, it's found in John 5, 19 and 20. This is where it says, Jesus gave them this answer, speaking to the Pharisees. Very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing. Because whatever the Son does, the Father does also. The Son does also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show them even greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. So in John 5, 19, he, Jesus makes this kind of incredible statement. He says that he can't do anything of himself, that he only does what he sees the Father doing. Now, when I look at this verse, you know, because I'm very practical, I'm thinking, how is this possible? How can Jesus uh, legitimately say uh, without exaggerating, the, the only thing he does is what the Father is doing? How can he make that kind of statement? But when we look at this example, I think it's an example for us to be able to see this is the kind of life that Jesus lived. He was. He really was that God conscious where he could make this kind of statement. He had a God consciousness all the time and an awareness of what God is doing, what is on his heart, what was uh, the things that he had planned, what are the things that was on his mind, and what are the things that he wanted Jesus to do. He had this God consciousness all of the time, and it was like second nature to him. And it had to be, because otherwise, how could you do something like this? How could you say something like what Jesus is saying here in John 5.19, that I only do what I see my Father doing? I, that's the only thing I do. I don't do anything else but that. So we're going to look at that. We're going to look at and examine John 5.19. But before we do, I wanted us to also focus in on verse 20. Okay, so verse 20 says, 
uh, not only that he does all the things that the father does, but the father loves the son and shows him all he does. That this is the way that Jesus can say that he can uh, be able to do what the, what the father is doing is because of the father's love for him. That we have to see that this is the core crux of his ability to be able to do that. It's being loved by his father. That's how he can be confident and say, I can do what the father is showing me because the father loves me and he's going to reveal these things to me. And I think that that's really important. It's something that we mentioned last week as well, is that the most fundamental thing for us to be able to, to live the life of Jesus is to live the life that he did as God's son. That we are, his, we are God's sons and, sons and daughters as well. We are loved by God. If you're not convinced of this, if you only know this in your head, but you don't know this in your heart and in your spirit, you can't live this life. You're not going to have the confidence that God is with you. You're not going to have the confidence that he's speaking with you. You're not going to have the confidence that he's going to show you everything that's, that uh, is important. He's not going to show you his heart. He's not going to reveal those things to you. If you really are not confident that your father loves you and is going to show you all of these things as he did to Jesus, you can't live this life. You can't experience John 5, 19. You can't experience the resurrected life. You can't experience life the way that Jesus lived. You cannot do it. This is at the core of what's the most important thing for us to be able to live Jesus' life. He lived, Jesus lived with the knowledge that I'm the Father's son. I'm his son, and you are his sons and daughters, and you are loved. And again, it can't just be here. It has to be here. You have to know that God loves you. You have to know you have a father who loves you, that you're beloved. And when you do, I'm praying that our, our faith and our, and our trust and our belief will grow in this idea that God can reveal things to us. Okay, so I want to give you a couple of things to kind of encourage you because this seems kind of daunting. When I look at John 5, 19... I think, that's great. I mean, I love that Jesus could say that. I want to say that. I want to say that the only things that I do are what God is doing. I'd love to be able to say that. But it's such a high bar. You think, like, how can we do that? But I want to, do, I want to point out a couple of things that are hopefully encouraging for you. First comes um, in this passage in Luke 2.52. Okay? This is actually kind of hard to even think about. This is... Uh, Luke 2.52 says, Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Okay, so to be able to understand this, you have to be able to remember what we talked about last week when we looked at Philippians chapter 2, when we talked about the kenosis passage, which meant the emptying, right? Where Jesus said he humbled himself, that he emptied himself, that even though he was in the very nature of God, he had all the attributes of God all the time when he was here on earth. He didn't utilize it for his own advantage. He lived life the way that we live life, not as God, but as a human receiving from the Holy Spirit and being driven and empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's a very important passage for us, like we said, to be able to understand Jesus' life. If you don't understand that, then this will make no sense. This verse here in Luke 2.52, that Jesus kept increasing in wisdom, like that doesn't make any sense. Jesus is wisdom. Psalm says that God is wisdom. So how can he be growing in wisdom or increasing in wisdom if he's God? 
That's where we have to understand that the way Jesus lived his life is that he had all wisdom at his disposal at any time. He had all knowledge at his disposal at any time. But he chose to operate the way that we do. He used that time to be an example for us. We remember the last time we said he's the second Adam. This is the way that he wanted Adam to live. But Adam failed and didn't live out the life that God intended. So Jesus was the second Adam. He's saying, this is the way that God intended from the beginning. This is the way he wanted us to live, like this. So when we read this, uh, Luke 2.52, when it says Jesus kept increasing in wisdom, he kept increasing in wisdom, which is hard to kind of grasp that Jesus would increase in wisdom, but he did. He developed. He grew in wisdom. And if you understand what this means, what's, if you understand what's the difference between wisdom and knowledge, they're not the same thing. Knowledge is information, but wisdom is the ability to apply it. Okay? There's a big difference between knowledge and wisdom. Okay? The Bible talks a lot about wisdom, not as much about knowledge. Right? So knowledge is information that we have, but, but wisdom is the ability to know how to apply it. Okay? And for us, how do we apply it then? So in Jesus' case, how does he apply the different things that he knows? Well, he has to hear from the Lord. So if we're putting the two together in this verse in Luke 2.52, that means he grew in his ability to hear from the Lord. If he grew in wisdom, which is the ability to be led by God and to apply all the knowledge that he has, if he's growing in that, if he's increasing in that, then that means what? That means he grew in his ability to hear from his father. He grew so much that he could say what he did in 519. But it was a process for him. He grew and developed in his ability to be able to hear from the father. Let's look at another passage here in John chapter 10. Okay, this is another encouraging passage for us when we're thinking about uh, hearing from the Father and, and him showing us stuff. And John 10, verse, verse, starting with verse 2, says, But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the, of the sheep, speaking of Jesus. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Okay, he calls to them and leads, calls them by name. We just sang about them, that he knows our name. And when he puts forth his own, he goes ahead of them. And listen to this. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Okay? John 10, 4 says it very clearly. The sheep will follow him because they know his voice. Okay, so this, this illustration was actually a lot better a long time ago because... Now, when you call somebody, there's caller ID. You, you already know who's calling before you pick up the phone. But back in the day, there was no caller ID, right? So when you would pick up the phone, you'd have to figure out who's calling you, okay? And so when I'd pick up the phone, there's sometimes I would just listen to someone say hello, and I already knew who it was. I said, oh, that's, that's my dad, or that's my sister. Like, they wouldn't need to identify themselves. They wouldn't have to say, this is who it is, this is my name. They just say, hey. And I'm like, I know who it is. Because I recognize their voice. You've heard their voice. You recognize their voice. You know when they are speaking. And what John 10 really is encouragement to us is that it's natural. If God is our shepherd and we are his sheep, we're going to know his voice. 
Okay, And I want to encourage you because sometimes when we think about hearing from God, it can seem daunting. It can seem like far away. Oh, that's just for the really mature people. That's for the pastors. They hear from God, but I don't hear from God. And I really want to encourage you that that's not true. That's not the case. We're all his sheep. Not just the pastors are his sheep. We're all his sheep. We can all hear his voice. But it's something that we can develop. It's something that we can grow in. It's something, like Jesus says, that he increased in his ability to hear from the Lord. Okay, so when we look at this and consider this, I want to share with you just what it looked like for me. Okay, so I want to share with you a little bit of my journey of what it looked like to hear from the Lord. Okay, so when I started hearing out from the Lord, Okay, I might have started out maybe like some of you, where I started out really um, not very open to that or feeling like that's very distant from me. Okay, so I remember one time, okay, this was at my old church, and uh, we were at this leadership meeting, okay, and I wasn't leading this meeting, okay, so our senior pastor was leading this meeting, and he wanted us to do an exercise in hearing from the Lord, okay, so I still remember uh, we were all sitting in a circle, okay, and then he asked us, close your eyes, and then ask the Lord to kind of lead you or guide you, and then specifically to, to give you something to bless somebody, okay? So we're sitting around this circle and saying, Lord, can you give me something to bless, you know, one of our fellow leaders, okay? So I still remember this, okay? So I remember I closed my eyes, and I'm asking the Lord, okay, Lord, can you give me something to bless one of my uh, fellow leaders. Okay, so I closed my eyes, and then I didn't know this was possible, that literally your mind could go completely dark, completely blank, like like black, a black hole. Like there's nothing, right? I was closing my eyes, and it was like a black hole. I had nothing, right? It wasn't just like I had to think, oh, is it this or this? There was nothing. I had zero, right? And I'm just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting, and nothing is happening, right? And nothing is happening. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm not getting anything, right? And then we did a lot of these exercises, so we kept on doing it week after week after week, and the same thing, nothing, nothing. And then the Lord started showing me some things, and he started showing me that one of the, one of the reasons why I was hearing nothing is because I was trying too hard, right? This is not something that you have to do make an effort to do. This is a relationship with God. This is a relationship with your father. Like when you see a father and their children talking, is it really strained like them, the children like trying to mustering up, trying to talk to their father? No, it's just they freely share everything to their father and they freely have communicate with their father and then their father communicates with them. And so the Lord started changing my thinking and saying, you got to be more relaxed. This is natural. Stop making it so artificial, right? And that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to be, I was trying to force things to happen and make it artificial. He's saying, relax, this is natural. This is supposed to happen. Look at John 10. This is what naturally is supposed to happen. My sheep are supposed to know my voice. That's what the normal Christian life is, that you hear God's voice. That you can recognize the voice of God and you can hear when he's speaking and leading you. So then I started changing, okay? And then there was a key, key moment that really switched things for me, okay? And I remember one day the Lord was asking me this question. He was saying, uh, he was addressing my prayer life, okay? So, you know, we're, we're praying to God. And then he brought this question to mind and he said, 
what percentage, and I'm going to ask you the same question, what percentage of the time when you're praying is it you're talking, and what percentage are you listening? Okay, so let me ask that again. Okay, this is the question the Lord asked me, and I want to ask you guys too. When you're thinking about your prayer life, when you're thinking about praying to God, what percentage of, your, of the time when you pray is it you talking? And what percentage of the time is it you listening? Okay, and when the Lord told me that question, I felt very convicted. Because I would say 99.99% it's me talking, and 0.01%, even, even if it was that high, is me listening. Right? And he's saying, there's a problem here. And you know what the problem is? You're not expecting me to speak. And if there's any time when we ex should expect the Lord to respond to us and speak to us and lead us and guide us is when we're praying. Right? If there's any time when we feel like the Lord should be responding to us is when we're seeking his heart and we're praying and we're praying to him. Those are the times when we should at least expect him to be talking to us and leading us and guiding us and directing us and having the Holy Spirit uh, guide us and lead us. Okay? So he was saying, you need to spend more time listening. And so I'm telling the Lord, I don't know how to do that. You know, I spent my whole Christian life my prayer has just been talking, telling the Lord, you know, what I'm feeling, or praying for people, or praying for needs, or praying for this, or praying for that, talking, 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 right? And the Lord started slowly shifting my prayer life. And I said, I need to start listening. If I'm speaking to the Lord, I have to expect that he's going to respond. If our prayer is actually meaningful, if we're actually praying to a real God who exists, who engages us and knows us and loves us, shouldn't we expect that he's going to respond when we pray, right? And it shouldn't be a surprise to us when we pray that the Lord responds. Okay, so I slowly started changing things. So when I would pray, I would start to, instead of like go ahead and tell him everything that I want to tell him, I would start asking him more. Lord, what's on your heart? Who should I pray for? What should I pray? Right? And that's the way it started with me. I started asking the Lord questions. And when I started asking the Lord questions, he would start guiding my thinking. And we talked about this before. That's one of the ways that you can tell that the Lord operates in being able to speak from you. It's not necessarily an audible voice that you're hearing is responding when you're talking. But he, like the Holy Spirit, is directing your thinking. Like in John 13, 14, when he talks about the Holy Spirit, that he's a counselor. He reminds you of everything that you've said. He directs your thinking. He leads you, causes you to remember different things. He guides your thinking. So when I'm talking to the Lord, I pay attention to what comes into my mind and how he's leading my thinking afterwards. So when I'm praying and asking him, Lord, what should I be, who should I be praying for? And he, someone comes to mind that I'd say, thank you, Lord, for telling me I should be praying for this person. Okay? That's a very important step. Okay, and don't bypass this step. When you're practicing this, acknowledge that the Lord is speaking to you. Okay, you need to acknowledge, thank you, Lord, for speaking to me. If you don't do this, you'll never grow in your confidence that the Lord is the one leading you and guiding you and directing you and speaking to you. You have to acknowledge that God is the one present. And so I started doing this, and I started praying. And so let me give you one example. So... I was on a prayer walk, and I do this very often, so I just kind of was on a prayer walk, and um, I was just walking and talking with God, as I normally do, and um, all of a sudden, he brings my in-laws to mind, 
And so I was thinking about my in-laws, and I was praying for them, and then I was asking the Lord, what do you want me to pray for them, right? And it's interesting how my prayer life changed because a lot of times in the past, I would have a prayer list. Have you ever used like a prayer list, and you like write down all your prayer lists and all the different people? And I still have that, but a lot of times I don't go off of that list. I just go, whoever God brings to my mind, that's what he wants me to pray for. And so that day was like that. So he brought my in-laws to mind, and so I was just praying and asking him, okay, I don't know what's going on with them, Lord. Why did you bring them to mind? So I'm just asking the Lord questions. You keep asking him questions. And he started bringing to mind um, some a conversation I had with them. And I remember them talking about how, you know, they wanted to downsize a little bit. And they wanted to go from two cars down to one car. And, and they're uh, asking me, like, for some help, like, how to best sell their car, you know, that they wanted to, to sell. And so I'm just talking and, and praying and asking the Lord about that. And then suddenly, the Lord brings my sister to mind. And I'm like, why is he bringing my sister to mind? My sister lives in Arizona. Okay, she lives in Tucson. She's not going to buy my in-law's car, right? Like, why, are, why is the Lord bringing my sister to mind? So what do I do? Then you ask the Lord my questions. So I asked, started asking the Lord, why are you bringing my sister to mind? And then so he said, call your sister. I'm like, okay, I... I don't know why you'd want me to call my sister, right? But since you're, you're the one speaking, I'll do it, okay? So I called my sister, and then I basically shared what I shared with you, that I was walking and praying for my in-laws and, you know, talking about their car. And then she's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that, you know, the Lord led you to call me because uh, we have a small group at our church, and there's this uh, single mom who's been going through a lot of difficulties that we've been praying and praying and praying for and trying to support her. And the biggest prayer need that we, we had for her was she needed a car. And she had several kids, right? And my, my in-laws had a minivan, right? And so I was telling my sister that, you know, that my in-laws were looking to sell their car, but they have a minivan. But I'm like, you're in Arizona. And then she's like, we're supposed to come to California next week. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're coming to California next week? And so they come and they talk with their talk with the the lady at the in their small group, and their small group raised the funds and they they brought the money the next week and they came and then they bought my in-law's car. My in-laws were so happy because they wanted to get their car and they were glad they were able to get the money, but they were so blessed to see that it blessed the single mom who was in need. And I was looking at what the Lord did, and I was like, this is amazing. My Lord, but the Lord brought this thing to mind. I could have never known. I would have never known any of those things that are happening, right? But then my sister felt so blessed. And then her small group felt so blessed because they were praying week after week. And, and they were trying to look for different cars, but everything was out of their price range. And they couldn't find anything that, to meet their family's needs. And, she, and then to see this answered prayer, bless their small group and bless this single mom who was really in desperate need that she couldn't get a job because she had no transportation. And then it blessed my in-laws and then I felt blessed and I was like, oh my goodness, how did this all happen? This all happened because I heard from the Lord. Because the Lord knows all things. Because the Lord directs us and leads us. The Lord directs our thinking and guides us and, and helps us to know things that we could have never known and helps us to love and to bless and to honor people in ways that we would never even have available to us or understand or have the ability to know. 
And I just started realizing more and more, I need to pay attention when the Lord brings things to mind. And I need to pay attention to the things that the Lord brings to my heart. And this is my example. I'm more of a thinker. So that's generally how the Lord speaks to me is through my thinking, right? But what does that look like for you? You know, some of you could be, it's just a more intuitive sense. It's not necessarily something you're thinking, but you just have a sense, right? My, my old senior pastor was like that. He's just more of an intuitive person. He, I would ask him, how did you know to do that? He's like, I don't know. I just had this sense that I'm supposed to do that, right? So for him, it wasn't necessarily a thinking, but it was like an intuitive sense. So everybody's different, and you need to kind of seek the Lord about how he made you and how he designed you and how he's going to use that way for him to speak to you and for him to lead you and guide you. And when I started doing this, I started recognizing that all kinds of things were happening. Like it could be he's bringing like a verse to mind. He could be bringing a song. And oftentimes I'll wake up in the morning and then a song will be in my mind. And at first I thought, you know how you doubt yourself? Like, oh, did I just hear that? Is that why it's on my mind? Or oh, did someone just say that? And we kind of just talk ourselves out of the thought that God is actually doing this. God is actually leading. Now I want to encourage you, don't do that. Don't keep doubting yourself and talking yourself out of the fact that you think the Lord is actually going to speak to you. Should it be a surprise that the father speaks to his children? Is that surprising? Should that be something that's out of the ordinary? But yet, that's the way we've trained our thinking, right? And so I started to recognize and pay attention to the things that people, especially people, especially people he's bringing to mind. And I would do this in my quiet time. I'd have my quiet time, and then the Lord will bring someone to mind. And I, I've learned now, like whenever you bring someone to mind, just pray for them. So sometimes I text them, sometimes I call them or email them, say, hey, what's going on? The Lord brought you to mind. And I can't tell you how many times I'll get a reply back. Oh, my gosh, can't believe that you just texted me because this and this is going on right now. Like, how did you know? Like, I didn't know, <laughs> but God did. God loves you that much that he would speak to me while I'm having my quiet time and praying that he would put you on my mind for me to pray for you. He loves you that much and to encourage them. So I started paying attention to the things that are doing. And the most importantly, I would keep asking. I think that's, especially in the beginning as you start developing, is keep asking. When you keep asking and expect the Lord to respond. That's another change we need to have. Expect the Lord to respond. Let me give you a, a second example. And we'll close with this one. So there's one day I was having uh, my quiet time again, and I was just kind of praying and uh, reading the Bible. And all of a sudden, my arms started hurting, like right, right here, like right at the fold. My arms started hurting, like really bad. I was like, what is going on? Did like some kind of like bee land on my arm and sting me? I'm like looking for a hole there. There's, there's nothing. And I'm like, what just happened, you know, while, I, while I'm just sitting here? Like, why is my arm start hurting? So what do I do? I ask the Lord. Ask the Lord about it. So I asked the Lord. I said, why is my arm hurting like this? And then he brought a friend to mine. And so I said, okay, well, I don't know what's going on, but I'll just, I'll reach out. And so I texted my friend, and then I explained what happened. And I said, I'm not sure why, but uh, the Lord brought you to mind when I'm having this pain, like right here in this arm. And then um, she, I was on the phone call with her, and then she started crying. She said, I'm here with my dad, and he's, he's getting IV in his arm right now. 
and he's going all through all this pain. And I was just really kind of dumbfounded and just saying like, oh my gosh, Lord, you, you knew, right? And so on the phone, I was just praying for my friend and praying for her father who's uh, getting this medication through his IV that he was uh, going through and having a really hard time. And I just left that time just really kind of stunned and really amazed by the Lord, you know, and amazed on so many different levels, amazed that he would want to use me and speak to me, right, to be able to, to uh, pray for my friend and to bless my friend and to bless her dad, and just amazed at how much he loves people, how much he knows people, how much he understands the heart, how much he understands things that are unseen how much he really values and loves us so much that he would speak to us, that he would show us and lead us and guide us. And so I wanted to encourage you. John 5, 19 is our blueprint. This is how we're supposed to live the resurrected life, by Jesus and the Holy Spirit continually leading and guiding us. For us to have a God consciousness like Jesus did, that he was conscious of the Lord all of the time. He was talking to the Lord, and he expected the Lord to respond and to be able to speak to him and to show him and to reveal things to him. And that's why when we look at John 5, 19, 20, he says, and he's going to show even greater things than the things that you've seen already. And I think that's what's true for us is too. Even greater things, Jesus says, is possible for you. He was speaking that of us, of his disciples, even greater things, because the, he's going to intercede for us, for the Father to come and to speak to us. These are the things possible for us. These are the things that we should expect as disciples. These are the things that we should expect as God's children, as his sons and daughters, that we have a father who's really intimately involved and cares about our life and the life of everybody around us, all of our friends, all of our family. He cares for them. You know, in that last example when my arm was hurting, that was one of the things the Lord was speaking to me. He's like, you think everything that happens to you is for you. That's not true. Everything that happens in your life is not for you. It could be for somebody else. And that's one of the things the Lord was speaking to me about that. And I think that's one of the difficulties that I had is I get stuck sometimes because I keep asking the Lord the same question. Why is this happening to me? Why is this going on? And the Lord's saying, this is not for you. This is not about you. This is about this other person. Right? But if you don't ask the Lord these kind of questions, you'll never get this kind of breakthrough. You'll never get this kind of understanding. And you'll be like me. I'm just stuck in a cycle over and over again, asking the Lord the same questions over and over again. When you need to just keep asking the Lord to change your thinking, to give you a different perspective, to show what's on your heart instead of just me talking about what's on my heart. Lord, what's on your heart? Instead of me just telling me oh, what's my feelings, what's on your mind, what's on your heart? Lord, and let those things guide our prayer and guide us hearing from the Lord. And so I just really want to encourage you for that. And most of all, to kind of go back full circle is go back and when you hear from the Lord, recognize his presence with you and that you're loved. Right? Don't make it all about the things that, because it's easy to hear those kind of stories that are like, wow, like he revealed this to you about this car thing and he revealed this thing to you about your friend's, um, your friend's father or whatever. Like, those things are great, but really don't get lost in. He's showing himself to you. He's showing who he is. He's showing his presence there with you. And the fact that he's with you and that he loves you 
Don't miss that. Don't miss that. So why don't we close and pray? So, Father, I pray that you would really speak to us right now. You know our hearts. You know the things that have been burdening us. You know the things that are most important to us. You know the things that we're worried about and we're fearful of. You know the what if this happens, what if that happens, whether it's our child or whether it's things that we're going through at our work or what's or with our families. You know those things. So Lord, we need to hear from you. Pray that you'd speak to us. Speak to us your words of life, your words of peace and reassurance, that you're with us, that you're a father who has us in his hand. You have everything that we care about, every person that we care about in your hands, that we don't have to carry it, you do. So speak to us now. Speak to your sons and daughters. Reveal to us just how much you're for us and how much you love us. I pray that we'd be ministered to you. I pray that you, Holy Spirit, keep speaking. Keep giving us a God consciousness that we know you and acknowledge you and hear from you all the time. Thank you that we have the Holy Spirit in us. And that's, that's his role. That's what he loves to do, is to speak and to lead and to guide. So thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for making it all possible for us to live the resurrected life, to live John 5, 19. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.